From the University of Oregon, I'm Braden Quishan. This is Flux. Thank you for listening to episode two of the Flux podcast. Our first episode was about the gender equity movement in competitive pinball. If you haven't heard it yet, check it out. In today's episode, we'll be looking at broga, the new style of yoga that aims at making itself more accessible to men, or bros, I guess. We will try to find out why there are so few men in yoga and how broga is attempting to draw guys in. I'm sitting down with Anna Glavish, editor-in-chief of Flux Magazine, who's been covering this story. Anna, why don't you tell us what you've been working on? I've been working on a story about men practicing yoga, and what I learned is that three-quarters of yoga practitioners are female. This was something I had observed, but wanted to understand why. Before we get into the reasons why yoga hasn't appealed to men, you went to a broga class. What was that like? Jess, the teacher, brought a T-Rex figurine to class, and she opened the class by saying, everyone, today's class is dedicated to T-Rex. T-Rex loves leg day, and that's what we're going to do today. I was laughing from the moment I sat down. We did some balancing poses, did a high-intensity interval section with a bunch of squats, and then once we sort of got through that section, she sort of brought the energy back down. Again, typical with any yoga class, but she wouldn't call it shavasana, which is a Sanskrit word. She's just calling it final resting pose. So you mentioned that you've noticed the lack of men in yoga, based on your own experience. But who else did you talk to to learn more about this? A guy named Larry, who's um, 68. He would get confused, look at the person next to him, probably a woman, and would see that woman in a very advanced posture, maybe that his body just wasn't capable of doing, but he would go for it. Um, and pull a muscle or injure himself and he wouldn't go back to class and that had happened to him several times he had had multiple injuries anna talked to jess donahue a broga teacher here in eugene and according to her yoga doesn't lend itself to all bodies just a warning the gym they're in is a little noisy feels best in my body so i feel like as a teacher like it's authentically me i'm not a bendy twisty person i'm not the best yogi according to jess who's also a massage therapist um, men's bodies are less flexible, they have narrower hips, they have broader shoulders, they have a higher muscle mass overall, and that means they can't bend and stretch as easily. They're a little more muscle-bound. And I never, ever talk about touch your toes or straighten your legs. So classes that are focused on flexibility are often classes in which men feel like they're underachieving or they're not successful because they might not be able to touch their toes. Men can get left behind in a yoga class that doesn't offer alternative postures. Or, just like in the student's case that we heard earlier, they can push themselves to injury. Jess Donahue shares how she encourages her students to stay safe. Do what's right for you. You know, there's nothing interesting going on on the mat next to you. <laughs> they don't exist. What's, what's right for you? What's right for you today? Because it was different five years ago. You know, like, be honest. Be, be true to your, your own body and be strong so you can do this when you're 85 years old. So not only not focusing on flexibility, but also encouraging students to focus on their body and not the body on the mat next to them. 
is a big part of what makes Broga more comfortable for guys. To find more about how this new yoga practice is appealing to more men, Anna spoke with the founder of Broga. His name is Robert Sidoti. I was like, all right, I'm going to go to this noon class. It's an Ashtanga level two, three, whatever, I can do that. And not having any experience with it whatsoever, I go into the gym first and I'm doing like, you know, to use gym language, I'm doing big chest and big back, you know, and I'm just humiliated. Halfway through the class, a woman comes up to me, the teacher, who was really sweet. She just said, you know what, sweetie, this is probably not the class for you. But I left there feeling like, God, you're so right. (laughs) It was the (laughs) hardest thing I'd ever done. And he was um, a devoted yoga student, but anytime he brought it up with his bros, which is exactly how he described them, um, these are like his surfing and skateboarding buddies in California where he grew up, uh, they would say, what about us? What about, what about, about the bros? bros? What about, about Broga? Um, so he so kind of coined, coined the term, term at this uh, mm-hmm. dinner we were at. That was like a clear message. Like, what about the guys? You're talking about this yoga thing. And in his mind and every other guy's mind that I was talking with, they were all, whether they said it or not, they're like, it's not for me. Yoga was failing to speak to the bros, as Sidoti says. So he decided to make a new version of it a version that could fit men's needs. I'm always thinking about with Broga how to speak the language of the male. He wants to hear like this pose is helping like your back feel better. This breathing technique is going to help it manage stress and anxiety. Language is important to Broga teachers and students. So you won't hear just Donahue or Robert Sidoti using Sanskrit words or Hindu mantras during their classes. But they claim that the change in vernacular doesn't affect the benefits associated with traditional yoga. Benefits like a focused mind and reduced stress. You take the Y, you eliminate it, you put the B in the R. It's just a word. It's the same exact thing. We're doing the same exact thing, but we're just using different words. I don't say namaste. For one, it doesn't resonate for me. It's not my religion. It's not my language. Um, It feels like I'd be pretending to be something I'm not. How do I finish a class without a namaste? Sometimes I say, may the force be with you, which is kind of the same thing. (laughs) According to the Broga students who Anna spoke with, they go to class for a workout and don't give much thought to the mental value they might unknowingly receive. You know, any workout is about more than just Uh, strengthening your muscles I think almost anyone would tell you after a workout their mind feels clear you know if you go for a run your mind feels clear afterwards so it's the same thing with yoga you're moving you're breathing and you're connecting the two so even if you're not making that connection in your head you're making that connection in your body and you're going to walk out of there feeling more focused it would be pretty hard not to Sidoti believes that his program allows men to be mindful without being explicit about it. Something that is going to offer up and serve them new inspiration, new ways of thinking and feeling into themselves, but without it being too awkward and too touchy-feely. Even though these guys might not be thinking of it in those terms and the teachers might not be talking about it in those terms, they're getting the same effect. Do you think that yoga's image has prevented guys from joining? I think a lot of the ways that people see yoga today is through 
you know, images in the media, it's usually going to be a young, attractive white woman in expensive yoga clothes, probably in a pristine location like a tropical paradise. Um, it's just not very realistic. I think that really perpetuates this stereotype of who practices yoga and who yoga is for. And to a lot of people that says yoga is not for you. And that's a problem because yoga is for everybody. Can you give an example of someone trying to work against that perception? Another teacher I talked to, Ben Wilkinson, who just opened up a studio in Springfield, so he's a male studio owner. The way he described his studio's aesthetic is grandpa chic. But we're, we're a human We're a yoga studio that has cracks. It's got a concrete floor. Sawdust. G.I. Joe figurines doing yoga poses. A weird ceiling. Like a row of gym lockers. Concrete. And, uh, and it's not a pristine environment. Just like things you never really see that are all sort of designed to bring in more people and make people feel more comfortable. Because of the images that people associate with yoga, they may never join a class, but studios like Wilkinson's with the Grandpa Chic style and Broga are aiming to change that. We are trying to take away those standard uh, barriers to entry that have plagued men and just humans especially in approaching mindful-oriented fitness-based classes. Again, Jess Donahue. So it makes it accessible to people that wouldn't, that would walk away from a room full of, you know, Hindu statues and lotus flowers. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing, but it's not everybody's thing. A more traditional yoga class might open with seated meditation, some chanting. I've had teachers who will play the harmonium which is sort of like an accordion instrument, and they'll chant in Sanskrit and ask students to chant with them. And the class might end similarly with a Sanskrit mantra. And those are all things that, you know, might turn somebody off if they're not interested in Hinduism or if they're not spiritual. Besides de-emphasizing the religious aspects of traditional yoga, Broga aims at making itself more accessible to students by offering modifications to poses to prevent injuries something that yoga teachers might not think about. They're not always necessarily thinking about, oh, what if someone has a knee injury or what if their belly prevents them from touching their toes? You know, what can I offer that student? What can I offer this person with an injury in their spine? There's just a lot of opportunities for people to not feel included. So those are all barriers to people wanting to come back to class. There's a lot of yoga injuries too, a lot of yoga injuries. So many people come up to me and say, you know, I took a yoga class, but I got hurt, so I never went back. You know, and then they try this and maybe they see something different or I'm hearing things differently, constantly offering modifications. Some of them just are so happy to have a yoga class where they know that they're gonna be safe. Sidoti has faced some backlash for picking and choosing certain aspects of yoga and branding it as something else. You know who it rubs wrong the most are the people who are deeply involved with yoga. Physical yoga is just one of eight limbs of the practice of yoga, and a lot of people have devoted a good part of their life to studying that practice, of which physical yoga is a part. So to see someone come in and sort of brand yoga as broga and sort of monetize it might be offensive to them. There are people out there mm -hmm. who practice yoga 
and who believe in certain, you know, lineages and who feel that broga is just disrespectful to the yoga history. The word yoga means union, and it means the union of body and breath. You can teach pretty much any movements um, aligned with breath and call it yoga, as far as I'm concerned. Despite the controversy, Sadoti sees broga as a gateway into the emotional and even spiritual benefits that yoga can provide to a population of people who may not otherwise get involved. What Robert told me is that as he's evolved as a yoga practitioner, he's started to look for more of that mindfulness component and that meditative component where you go inward and has sort of wondered, does this mean that broga will inherently become obsolete for people who continue to practice it? And has sort of concluded that, yes, it it may be, but it will always exist as a stepping stone and a gateway, if you will, into the world of yoga that is going to be accessible for people who would not otherwise step through that door. When I was talking about this story with, you know, peers, some of them were confused as to why men would need a safe space because men have pretty much all the freedoms in the world a lot of the time. So as I was writing this story, it was sort of interesting thinking about creating a safe space basically for, for the last people who need a safe space. But I still think it's really important for everyone to experience something like yoga in a way that's accessible for them no matter who they are. So I think this was an important story to tell because often we hear stories about other groups' safe spaces, but everyone needs a safe space sometimes. Anna, thank you so much. Thank you, Brayden. You can read more about Broga and other great stories by picking up the 2018 edition of Flux Magazine or by going to fluxstories.com. You can find more of our episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please give us a rating, comment, and subscribe. It helps make our podcast better. This podcast was produced by Vin Bowie and Aubrey Bulkley. Thanks again to the boss around here, Anna Glavish, for her reporting, and everyone else who offered up their time and voices. On the next episode, we'll cover women in STEM and the amazing work they've been doing on and off the UO campus. It'll be the third and final installment of the Flux podcast for 2018. I'm your host, Braden Quishan. Thanks for listening.